that's how you know it's good when the main event all right welcome to a very very special edition of the shaving points podcast we're gonna do a ufc 280 preview the biggest card of the entire year and i'm joined by the ringer the man himself the wizard when it comes to all things ufc my boy miles how are we doing tonight, miles man we're doing great i am so excited for this card ever since it's been announced it's been circled we've been excited we've been waiting i don't like the early cards but i'd also don't like midnight to 1 a.m uh main events like it would be so cool if like the pay-per-view started at like 3 p.m central time that would be like perfect to where like the main event of the entire day is like seven eight o'clock but 9 a.m 9 a.m prelim start 1 p.m uh pay-per-view start a little early for me for being the biggest fight of the year but still a monster monster card yeah yeah for sure i mean i wish they would get it back on that fight night schedule you know that main event hits about 10 o'clock <laughs> yeah i was really thinking the espn might hook it up because usually when they do the the 1 p.m pay-per-views uh, they, they hook up the boys and give it for free and definitely not doing it this week so that's unfortunate yeah there's just too much high-powered fights on this card for them to do that they got to get their money <laughs> we have guys fighting in the undercard that have been the main event for either for like a, a fight night or like a small card before so and they're not even on the pay-per-view so <laughs> yeah yeah that's how that's how you know it's good when the main event of the of the prelims is has you chomping at the bit yeah uh, when there's multiple fights on the prelim that have you chomping at the bit and I mean, a lot at stake here, um, a lot of divisions. So, I'm I'm pumped to see it happen. I mean, we got we got two title fights. I mean, Piotr Jan, Sean O'Malley seems like it should be a title fight. Like, just monster card from start to finish. Um, but we we kind of get started with the very first fight we'll kind of go through these these early prelims pretty quickly kind of give our our read what we kind of think is going to happen but first fight of the day 9 a.m start time we have carl rosa versus lena landsberg um carl rosa is the the favorite at minus 300 landsberg's the underdog at plus 240 and three round fight they have the the over under two and a half rounds at going over at minus 300 going under at minus or at plus 215 uh what's your read on this one miles yeah i got carol rosa by decision as you can see there she's lost one out of her last five they've all went to decision um yeah i this this is going to be one of those cards to fit to add to the card but yeah this is just going to be it i think just a three-round fight going to go to decision and i think carol rosa is gonna just take just go ahead and dominate lena landsberg and get the decision yeah so on these early fights i like to try to try to beef up some beef up my card a little bit try to get a little value so i do think rosa is gonna win uh, minus 300 favorite in this one, but I'm taking the under. Um, I would love to see her maybe shoot a submission or get a get a kick or a punch, get a get a knockout, a mid second, early third or something, and 
get that under two and a half rounds would be fantastic. I'm going to parlay this together at a plus 312 odds. Uh, I just think she's so much better than Landsberg, and when you have a fighter that's so much better than the other one, there's always a chance they can get finished at any time. So I love the value there at plus 312. Um, so I'm taking it there. Doing it straight for value. I think it, I think it'll go the distance, but in the early fights, I, I don't I don't bet as much money, but maybe try to maybe try to get a little quick three to one action going into the rest of the card, build a little bankroll. Uh, by the hopefully by the time the main event comes around, I have a little bit more to play with. So uh, moving on to the next one here, we got Muhammad Makayev versus Malcolm Gordon. Uh, we got Makayev coming in as the heavy, heavy favorite, biggest favorite on the card, minus 1,400. Malcolm Gordon, biggest underdog on the card, naturally, at plus 670. The over-under on this is set at one and a half rounds, with the over one and a half being at plus money, uh, plus 100, under one and a half rounds at minus 126. Uh, Makayev's last fight, last five fights, um, he had four wins and one no contest. Gordon's last five, he had uh, went three and two. Um, I'm pretty sure we're both got Makayev here, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think can happen to maybe? Where, where do you where do you see some maybe value and betting wise on this one? Uh, I don't know what the odd is going to come in at that submission finish, but I would take yeah. Makaya by a, by a finish for sure. Um, I watched him two in his of, last fight. Now two of, his last, in... two of his last five have won in submission. So uh, had a had a first round finish with submission and a second round finish with submission in his last five fights. So yeah, correct, yeah. And his in those fights, I mean, he just completely you know wrestled him, got him down to the ground quickly quickly wrapped up the submission submitted those guys got him out of there had no problems doing it uh the last fight he actually fought an ex-training partner um and he just kind of wanted to make an example of him and he beat the hell out of him for three rounds um and it was just it was really dominant on his part um but yeah makayev i would look to see where the finish or the submission odds is going to come in at that's probably where you're going to get your value on this one for sure yeah, so I'm assuming you're probably going to get it close to around minus 500 to maybe even close to minus 200. So that might be a good parlay piece going for the rest of the card if you really like something else, but you don't want to you don't want to lay minus 1400. Take the take him by submission. Like I said, you'll probably get it somewhere between minus 200 minus 500. Throw it on somebody else that you like, and maybe maybe turn a minus two hundred into a plus one twenty five or something like that. Roll mm-hmm. into a parlay, uh, and stack some cash that way. So I got the under in this fight, uh, kind of like the last fight. Uh, whenever you have such a heavy favorite like this, one and a half rounds, a three round fight. So uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's lasted more than more than half the time allotted. So yeah, give me the plus money here. Uh, or I think. I got this wrong. Uh, I have the under, but I I got my numbers wrong. So under at minus one twenty six. So basically, almost plus money. Uh, a standard minus one fifteen, one ten bet. So yeah, I, I I like the under here. I don't, I don't think it makes it past one and a half rounds. So I agree. Me, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. Give me give me the under at uh, minus one twenty. I'll take that all day. 
Uh, moving on to our next fight on the card. We have Armin Petrosian versus uh, Pe- Petro- Armin Petrosian versus AJ Dobson. <laughs> there we go. Pe- Petrosian uh, versus AJ Dobson. Petrosian is a minus 220 favorite here. Dobson coming in at them plus 180 underdog. They don't have the total for this fight put up yet, but Petrosian's last five, he went three and two, lost his last fight and decision, but he did have a first round knockout in 15 seconds, three fights ago. So it's something to keep your eye on. And then Dobson's last five, he was four and one. He lost his last fight and decision as well. Um, so for me, I got the under and I got Dobson. So uh, I'm just taking Dobson by, by KO, TKO, submission. Uh, Dobson inside the distance. So um, I have plus 180 written here on the graphic. Inside the distance is probably going to come in around 225, 250. Um, but I didn't have the odds for that. So I just put the plus plus 180 for now. But yeah, I, I like Dobson here. Uh I think I think this I think this is much closer than a, a minus two twenty favorite in my opinion. I think this should be closer to even odds. So I'm just I'm 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 taking the the little extra bonus here, and if you're gonna give it to me, I'll take it. I, I think I think these two fighters are a lot closer than the odds are. So what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to just to make this a little bit sweeter for you, in case you did not know, so Petrosian's last fight, he actually lost to Kyle Barallo, who's actually fighting a little bit later on in this card, and he pretty much got dominated in that fight. It was a unanimous decision um, that he lost, um, but it, it, he just kind of looked flat. Uh, AJ Dobson's last fight was actually, uh, it says lost in the decision there. He did lose to Jacob Malkoon. He got wrestled around, and Jacob Malkoon is a, a wrestling coach for Robert Whitaker. Uh, so there he, he lost that decision, but now he just came back and fought on the contender series and got a knockout in the first round. So he's coming in really in reality off of a knockout on the contender series. So this is uh, I, I like Dobson by knockout on this. I really do. Very good. Yeah. So not uh, most likely you won't probably be able to find knockout. It's probably just going to be inside the distance. But if you can get if you can get specifically knockout, like I said, probably be able to get around 250, 300 odds. So. Yeah, we're both on the same side for that one. So, yeah, we, we're in agreement there. Uh, AJ Dobson, good little underdog uh, starting out that early card. Then on to our next one. I'll let you take these names. <laughs> Abu Abu Akar Nurmagomedov versus Gadzi Omar Gadziev. There we go. There we go. Nurmagomedov, minus 165 favorite. Is, is that a Khabib guy or is that just the same last name? Uh, no, I, I just the same last name. I think that there has been some speculation that they're cousins, but I don't believe that they're actually related. I'm not real sure. <laughs> I, I remember looking it up and apparently the Nurmagomedov last name is just very, very popular. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that like, mountain man. It's that mountain man name. <laughs> it's like having the last name like Jones or Smith in like the U.S. It's like it's just pretty common. Yeah. Uh, then Amar Godseev. Yeah, 
Stuff <laughs> is the underdog at plus 140. Total on this one set at two and a half rounds, minus 200 for the over two and a half rounds, plus 150 under two and a half rounds. Nurmega Medov's last five. Uh, he is three and one with his most recent fight winning in decision. And then for Gatsi, his most recent fight was a loss in the decision, but four and one in his last five. Opposite sides here, I got Nurmega Medov minus 165. Uh, and honestly, I don't have much of a read on this fight, but you just see the name Nurmega Medov, whether he's related to Khabib or not, like, it's, you just got to take it. So yeah. I'm thinking it minus 165. Uh, I know they don't train together. I know they're not affiliated, but you see the name. It's it's like whenever you, it's like whenever you're watching the NFL and the Patriots are on or somebody like that, you're like, well, I'm betting on the Patriots. I don't, I don't know anything about this game, but I'm taking the Patriots. Like you're just taking the name. Right. Yeah. And, and really on this one, I, I really picked Omar Godziev, uh, mainly because his last fight also was against Kai Barallo, who's fighting later on in this card. And that was his last loss. And other than that, he's one, 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 one. I picked him just because he has the value at plus 140. That's really the only reason why I went with him. It, this fight's kind of a, in reality, it's kind of a pick em for me. I, I mean, it, you can go either way. <laughs> Yeah, so another interesting fact here. Total set two and a half rounds. You can get under two and a half for plus 150. So in the fights that Omar Gadziev has won, he, in his last four, he won three of them in the first round, two of them by knockout, one of them by submission. And then one of the, one of those four wins was a win by decision. For Nurmagomedov, his losses have both come early. He lost early in round one. He lost early in round two, and then his wins have all been by decision. So if if you do like oh, Omar Godziev, oh man, I'm gonna get buried for that pronunciation. But <laughs> if you do if you do like him, you might as well sprinkle that under with it because if he wins, he's probably gonna win early. Because I think I think if this fight goes the distance, I think Nurmagomedov's gonna take it. And at two and a half rounds, if you like the other side, just take the under with it. A little bit extra juice there for you at plus 150 so yep correct i agree all right on to our next one i'll let you I'll let you take this name as well all right this is uh zubaira tsuguhov versus lucas almeida lucas almeida i know that one um, <laughs> zubaira is a minus 155 favorite in this one almeida's plus one already underdog total in this one's also at two and a half rounds with the over two and a half being at minus 175 under two and a half rounds at plus 135 zavara's last five fights he is two two and one and then almeida's last five fights he is four and one with zavara's most recent win being a decision win and then almeida got a third round knockout in his last one we're both on the same side here. I mean, I think I think this is one of those I talked about it earlier where I thought the odds were too close. I think I think Almeida's I I thought he would be the favorite in this fight, honestly. Uh, so the fact that you get him as the underdog, I I, I love this plus one thirty play here. 
Yes, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, to to Gugolf, his his last two fights against uh, Ricardo Ramos and Hakeem Dewalter, yeah, he did look good. Uh, but if I remember correctly, just watching his fight, he's kind of a slow starter, and he just kind of just doesn't look like he he kind of looks lost almost. If I remember correctly, and um, yeah, I, I like Lucas Almeida here. I mean. Yeah, he lost in a decision. If I'm not mistaken, it was a split decision loss. So, you know, nothing to really hang your head about there. And then other than that, he's just a finisher. So, to me, I'm yeah. taking Lucas Almeida with the plus money all day. Yeah, so Lucas Almeida, has, uh, he lost his El Uber uh, in the Contender Series. And uh, it, was, it was a unanimous decision. But that was back in uh, September of 2021. Uh, but then he beat Trendell and Trezano in his last two. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I love I love Almeida in this in this spot right here. So, uh, hopefully that'll be another underdog hit for us. Got a lot of underdogs for me in this in this card. I love I love the dogs here. So it's a dog card, but, man. There's some good ones hurt, in here. This hurt barking early, man. Because yeah, UFC is one of those weird sports where. If dogs start barking early, it, it just seems to snowball and they went all day. Same thing for over and unders. Like if, if people are getting knocked out early, you'll you'll see unders for the entire card. And if you see fights going to the distance, I mean, it's just one of those sports that it, it, it gets momentum in one direction and it, it just it just snowballs from there, I feel like. So um I've said it I mean, I've said it before on the podcast though. It's like if if I don't have a very good feel on a card there's a bunch of early knockouts i'll just start like parlaying like two or three fights in a row for and just take the under for like three fights in a row and parlay it and i've won so much money doing that because i mean it's just like any sport with a little bit of momentum like knockouts start coming the crowd gets pumped up the fighters have that little bit extra juice uh they want that bonus they want that knockout bonus they want that fight of the night bonus and they know if the people before them put on a show or put on a knockout they got to come perform. They want that 50K. They, they're trying to get all of Dana's money. So um, you got to, even if you don't watch the early card very much, I, I, I usually try to watch all the fights that I can. But yeah, I mean, like I said, if if dogs start winning early, they seem to continue to win throughout the card. And if, if you got a bunch of knockouts early, that, that seems to be a trend as well. So keep an eye on that this weekend if if you're watching. Absolutely. All right, next up on the card, we have Nikita Krylov. Is that go. it? Yep, you Versus got it. Balkan, Balkan Ozdemir at Ozdemir coming in as the underdog at plus 145. Krylov is the favorite at minus 170. Krylov's last fights, last five fights, he is two and three, which doesn't sound great, but he, he's still very, very good. And then Ozdemir, same way. He's three and two. The, both of these guys are kind of better than their record in their last five. Um, so Krylov won his last fight, knockout first round. Ozdemir won his last fight in decision. This is one of the hardest picks for me on this on this card. I like Krylov minus one seventy. You like Ozdemir at plus two. Uh, Ozdemir by KO, but uh, plus two sixty. So. Uh, I'm taking the favorite here, so let me hear let me hear what you have to say. Yeah, so okay, so Nikita Krylov, I would say one that that one in decision, that fourth fight, he beat Glover Teixeira. Okay. 
who was just the champion. Then he lost in a decision to uh, Anna Kalaev, who is fixing to fight for the number one contender spot. And then he lost to Paul Craig. And then he just beat Alexander Gustafson, which Alexander Gustafson, let's be honest, is he's not what he used to be. No. Volkan Ozdemir, uh, his, his that loss in the KO round two, that's against Yuri Prohoshka. That's the champion right now. Then he lost in the decision. Yeah, and then he lost in a decision to Magomed Anakolaev, like I just said, who's fighting for the number one contender spot. Glover, he, Glover should still have that belt, man. <laughs> hey, Such man, he a, tapped. He tapped. He did tap, technically, but and, he was dominating in that fight. It was – I will tell you what. I, I, I watched it, and, man, I, I loved it. But that, that fight is a product of two guys on neither one of their A games, and they just – beat the holy hell out of each other it was awesome i'd pay all the money in the world to watch it again yeah uh, Tashira, all Tashira had to do was at the end of the fight just take it easy and cruise to the finish line and he he's just not that type of guy and he goes and gets submitted but yeah, yeah incredible fight but yeah enough yeah. of that but this one yeah. here this, could, I, this, I, this has fight of the night capabilities i think yeah, absolutely. I, I, I and, and, and not to take anything from Krylov because I mean he did knock out Gustafson, uh, but Vulcan Ozdemir's last fight he fought Paul Craig and he made Paul Craig, who was a surging up and comer, made him look. I mean, he made him look normal. He made him. He, I mean, he beat him unanimously. I mean, really took it to him. He he took some shots and he landed some shots. It looked like the. Vulcan Ozdemir that was on the way to the first title fight against Daniel Cormier. He looked good. So I think that it's no time Vulcan Ozdemir. He's coming back, and I think he can get it done and knock out Krylov. Krylov's a little long in the tooth, tough as they come, but Vulcan can do it. He's got that power, and I like him as a dog in this fight. Oh, yeah, another dog for y'all. Yeah, we're, on, we're on opposite sides there, so that should be a fun little fight. But uh, next up, we have. You've said the same four times tonight, so I'll let you take it. Cairo Baralo versus Magomed Muradov. Uh, this one here, Cairo, he's just surging right now, man. He's he's won his four out of the last five been in decision. Then he had that round one KO. He's just he, – that dude's different. He's just different. He's an animal, and I'm just going to ride the wave with him. Uh, and that's where I'm going on this one. <laughs> Yeah, he's a minus 200 favorite. Mahmoud's a plus 170 underdog. The over-under on this fight is set at one and a half rounds, with the over being minus 210, the under being plus 165. Uh, yeah, so I'm on the same side as you. I got Barello as well, but I have it parlayed with the over uh, just for that little bit extra, trying to trying to make that little bit extra money at plus 114 there. Um, I think uh, Muradov can keep this. I think he can stay in the fight. I think you can get it to, to round three or at least halfway through round two. But I, I think Barella's still got it in him to win. So, yeah, I, I like the plus 114 here. Just just a little bit extra money on, on my card. So, um, yeah, give me the over. Give me Barella. Next one. All right. So, now that we're here, this is when this is when the card really picks up right here. Um, the main event of the prelims. This is probably 
the fifth best fight and they put it on the prelims solely because you want that you want that big statement fight at the end of the prelims uh before they go to pay-per-view that this is something the ufc started doing probably about a year and a half two years ago where the main event on the prelims is is probably a little bit better than the first two pay-per-view fights but we, we got sean brady minus 140 favorite versus Bilal muhammad plus 120 underdog Sean Brady's last five fights, he's 4-0 and 1. Uh, four decision wins on no contest. Bilal Muhammad's last five. Um, he's got he's 5-0 with two submission victories and three decision wins. Uh, total on this fight set at two and a half rounds, with over two and a half being a heavy, heavy favorite at minus 280, under two and a half rounds. If you th- if you think somebody can get a sub or a knockout in this fight, you get plus two hundred and ten on the odds to go under two and a half rounds. So I mean, you have you have a two minute and thirty second window where if you if, if you think the fight doesn't go the distance, that that's great odds right there. I think it goes the distance, but um, yeah, I'm taking Bilal Muhammad here. Yeah, and, and to be honest, uh, minus 140 plus 120, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you better get your, your bets in now because I feel like this is going to end up tightening down. Um, <clears throat> Bilal Muhammad, who has openly came out and said he's been training with Khabib for this fight. He's been Khabib has been in his camp, uh, and you know he's riding the Khabib wave saying, I can't lose and everything, but he is fighting an absolute Philly monster, Sean Brady. John yeah. Brady, his jiu-jitsu is unmatched. It's unparalleled to anybody. I mean, he beat he beat Michael Chiesa, and I had Michael Chiesa as a dark horse to beat in the division. I, th- I mean, he's just a massive dude, and Sean Brady played with him. Um, Bilal Muhammad, I mean, he's a dog. I mean, Sean he, Brady, he, fifteen and zero in his career. Bilal Muhammad, twenty-one and three. So, I mean, yeah. these guys know how to win, both of them. Yeah, I, I, and and honestly, from an odd standpoint, if you for me, I would go Sean Brady by uh, decision, um, or Sean Brady even by submission. I don't see I don't see a knockout happening in this fight. Sean Brady's too tough. Bala Muhammad's tough as they come. Uh, I don't Wait, see a knockout think, here. So if you think this is gonna tighten up, you got Sean Brady at minus one forty right now. Uh, so you're, you're, and you like Sean Brady, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be best for you to wait <laughs> to bet this one because you you think Bilal Muhammad is going to come down, uh, maybe to a closer to an even odds plus one hundred type deal, which would bring Sean Brady up to my, maybe minus one ten, one fifteen, somewhere around there. So if you like Sean Brady and you think this fight's going to uh, swing towards Bilal Muhammad before before it tips off. May wait, take Sean Brady closer to even odds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I to me, this fight should be a, a pick 'em almost. I mean, Sean Brady's a monster, Bilal's a monster, um, and Bilal's really trying to get to that title spot. Man, he's he's right there on the cusp of getting it, and uh, he's got a lot to prove. But so does Sean Brady, and. This yeah. this fight right here for me could be fight of the night as well. Oh, absolutely, it could be. Uh, so, winner of this fight gets probably Gilbert Burns. 
Yeah, yeah, probably so. Because um, I mean, neither one of these. I mean, not to say neither one of these guys want Hamzat, but Hamzat's probably going to get Covington. So yeah, you're going to probably have a Gilbert Burns type thing because it's yep. already said Usman's fighting. Usman's going to fight uh, Edwards in London next year. It's already been said. So uh, Burns yeah. is the only one there that's sitting without a fight. So you're going to get Sean Brady versus Burns or Muhammad versus Burns. Yeah, I mean Burns is the de facto gatekeeper of that division. I mean he's he's gonna sit at that two or three spot. He obviously can't can't compete with Usman, so he he's just gonna he's gonna be the gatekeeper. He's gonna be the guy you have to get through to get 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 a title shot. <laughs> yeah, it's the changing of the guard. It went from Damian Maya, and then it went to uh, Wonder Boy, and now it's to Gilbert Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, one one of one of the most exciting fights, and it's free. So I don't know why you wouldn't be buying this pay per view. But if, if you're listening to this and you're you don't watch UFC, if, if you have ESPN Plus, this is a must watch. And I'm sure it'll get you fired up. Maybe get a couple of your boys together and get that seventy five dollar round up because we're about to get into. I would say this is the best card since UFC 100 from a star star power aspect. You would think. Yeah, star That's, power wise, um, there may be a few outliers there in between then and now. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, this to, one is about some of the cards that like you look back on and you're like, oh wow, like that was a stat card, but at the time, it might have it might have not has been as stat. But a lot of the guys went on to make a name for themselves and stuff. But you look at UFC 100, some of the names in the sport right there. I mean, you had GSP, you had Brock Lesnar, um, you had uh, Frank Mir was in that. Uh, Anderson Silva was on that card. You had, and these were all stars in their heyday too. Uh, you had the the British guy get knocked out by Dan Henderson, one of the greatest oh, knockouts of all time. Yeah, this thing. Yeah, that. I mean, at the. I mean, that was. That was the most stacked a UFC card could be. They were all stars at the time, and ever just about everyone on that card aged well. On top of that, but I mean, this is as close to what we've seen since then. Since then, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Other than that, and then you had two twenty nine. That was Khabib and uh, McGregor, Ferguson, yeah. and is Derek yeah, Lewis and Volkov, my balls are hot. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great card too. But I don't know. I, I think UFC 100 is always going to stand. It's always going to be the kind of the granddaddy of them all, if you will. Yeah. Well, if my world, right. if my if my favorite fighter of all time would hurry up and make his heavyweight debut, it would make me a very very happy person. And about yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's inevitable but at the same time it's like why hasn't it happened yet i don't know so i heard that it has to deal with a contract dispute between inganu and dana because inganu wants to box tyson fury and he wants to box him first before he fights for it uh, before he defends his belt and dana saying no 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 so right now it's rumored that john jones is going to be fighting stipe miocic in december and i cannot wait I mean, Stipe can't can't. I mean, Stipe can't stay in the ring with those heavy hitters like Ngannou, the Derek Lewis's, 
I mean, he can't take those hits. But him and John Jones, I mean, John Jones is incredible. Probably the greatest UFC fighter we've seen. But he doesn't have the heavy hand like Nungana and Derek Lewis do. But then Stipe is probably probably the best heavyweight we've seen. Yeah, like, hands down. Oh, I mean, Stipe there. is the greatest heavyweight. Of, so, he's the greatest heavyweight of all time because he has the most title defenses. Yeah, Inganu is right there on the cusp of breaking that because you only have to have, I think, three or four. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but John but, Jones is gonna. Stipe is the heavy hands of Nganu, which I, don't, I mean, can anybody take a punch from Nganu, or can anybody take a punch from Derek Lewis? You or, can take one. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. take one <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but see, I mean, I don't know if John Jones is running into the same issue, but John Jones also has the crazy length. And I mean, he, he, he had his legs are like, if somebody was like six, nine, six, ten, he has like no torso on him. He's all leg. So I mean, it's yeah. just built perfectly for like UFC yeah. or mixed arts. Yeah, I didn't mean to get us on a tangent there, but yeah, I whenever oh, that man. fight happens, when that fight happens, oh, we will we will go down the laundry list of John Jones and I will solidify to anybody that's listening how he is the greatest of all time. Not Khabib, Khabib second. No, I mean it's in, my book. in my book. <laughs> it's Anderson Silva and then everybody else. Anderson oh, Silva. Okay. Anderson Silva GSP. They're like 1A, 1B. You can put them in any order you want. And then after those two, you it, it's them and then everybody else. Man, we'll opinion. have to we'll have to have a whole nother pod on the goats of the MMA for us for sure. Cause that one we can go on for ages. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue Anderson Silva. He's up there. He's up there. I, I think John takes the cake though. <laughs> Nah, we'll. I mean, we can get into it one of these days, but yeah. Okay, opening up our pay per view, one p.m. Central Time, start time, right in the middle of college football. But it's not a great college football weekend anyway. So everybody's got two TVs. Turn it on. Buy the pay per view. It's gonna be worth it. One of the great, easily the best card of the year, maybe the best card of the decade. Um, but kicking it off, we have. Manon Fiore? Fiore? I'll, I'll, hey, your guess is as good as mine on this one. <laughs> Caitlin Chukagian. Caitlin Chukagian, underdog at plus 175. She's four and one in her last five fights. One in her last five, or one in her last four in decisions. She lost a, a she lost in a first round knockout uh, five fights ago. And then Fiore, uh, five and oh in her last five. Two decision wins, three KO wins. Are all early two uh, two second round KOs, one first round KO, and for me, uh, I don't really have a read on this. So the total set at two and a half rounds with over two and a half minus being minus three fifty. So Vegas thinks this thing's going over easily. You're giving me under two and a half plus two fifty five with a girl who's won three of her last five early in KOs and. Caitlin Shukagian. If she loses, she loses early. But if she doesn't lose, she wins in decision. So I'm I'm riding the favorite here. And instead of betting her outright, because Shukagian can still get a finish. So I'm just taking the under here at plus 255. I mean, I can't imagine 
like the odds are just too good not to i mean with, with two highly skilled fighters i mean it's the mma i mean uh, one kick uh one bad position and uh, if they get into a grappling match it, it don't take much to get caught in a rear naked choke arm bar leg bar all these crazy submissions they're doing now just in mixed martial arts to begin with and then a kick to the head uh crazy punch anything can happen and at plus 255 i mean you're you're giving me two and a half to one uh for two highly skilled fighters on the biggest card of the year where the crowd's going to be ruckus like i like the electricity in the crowd i like everything about this give me the under give me plus 255 here and then you're the exact opposite of me so what do you got in this one yeah, and in, in you're correct there. The, the crowd's going to be buzzing. Abu Dhabi's crowd is almost unmatched. It's it's equivalent to Vegas. That Ethiopia arena that they have over there, they it, they really did it right. You know, they did Yaws Island first, but whenever Ethiopia arena got finished, man, they, that they packed that place. They love fighting over there. And as far as this fight goes, um, <clears throat> I'm taking Chukagan by decision. Um, that lot, that loss in the in the first round, she got caught with a body shot, and I believe it was by uh, it was from Jessica Andrade, who is no slouch and has power in her hands more than most men I know. And, yeah, uh, so Chukagian's uh, last four that she's won, so she won a split decision with uh, Amanda Rebos her last fight, and then uh, she the other three were all unanimous unanimous decisions. Jennifer Maya. Um, and then Araujo and uh, Kavia were yes. her last her last three. But I mean, Amanda Rebos is like nothing to. I mean, she's she's very highly skilled. It was it was technically a split decision. I thought Chukagian won that one pretty easily. I bet on Rebos in that fight, and the fact that it was even a split decision, I was shocked about. Even though I had the other side, so I mean, yeah, Chukagian's very very highly skilled, but. And like I said, uh, she can go out there and she can get a finish here. I'm not. That's why I'm taking the under here because I, I think both fighters are highly skilled. Um, with 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 how electric that crowd's going to be, with how good the prelims are going to be, I mean, I'm I'm just expecting some early finishes in these um in these pay per view fights. Yeah, and you're, and you're right. The the I mean, the value on the under here is it's yeah, it's almost too good not to go with. I mean, Manon's nine and one, I believe. And I'm just taking Chukagan because she's been under the lights. She's fought for a title in the co-main spot. She she has the the experience underneath the lights, and she I think well that's not going to bother her. And I think the, the experience is going to take over here. And I I just see Chukagan beating Manning pretty handedly. Um, but I haven't watched Man in, in many fights, so I don't really know much about her. I would go the under on that. I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, no, yeah. It's gonna be a great start. But yeah, if you like if you like Chukagian, uh she has the underdog, so you can get her at plus one seventy five. But if if you want to juice it up a little bit, uh when she does win, she usually wins the decision. She's she's not she doesn't really throw a whole lot of submissions. She's just more, she just kind of dominates people, but she doesn't really have the power to like put people away with a punch or a kick. And then she doesn't really have a whole lot of submissions in her grapple game, but she's just so highly technically skilled that she can just physically dominate a person 
for 15 straight minutes. So if you do like Chukagian in this fight, it's definitely, you might as well parlay it with, with, with uh, either the over or take her by decision, either one. Uh, your odds are going to be around plus 215 to 230 range. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if you if you do like Chukagian in this fight, I, th- I think you're on the right side taking her by decision there and getting that little bit extra juice at plus 215. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, second fight on our pay-per-view is Matisse Gamrat at minus 190 favorite versus Benil Dariush at plus 160 as the underdog. Total in this fight is set at two and a half rounds with the over being minus 185, but the under being plus 140. Gamrat's last five fights, he is four and one. He has two KOs, one submission victory. He's won in decision and lost in decision. Dariush in his last five fights is five and oh. Um, with two KO wins, a submission victory, and two wins by decision. Um, I'll let you get this one started. What do you think about this? Yeah, so I'm I'm just going off of the last two fights, okay? Benil Dariush fought a long-in-the-tooth, past his prime, but still deadly Tony Ferguson, okay? Matt Seuss's uh, Gamrot's last fight was against Armand Tarsukian, who I thought uh, was going to beat Gamrot. Uh, Gamrot, I think, lost the first and second round, but, man, he turned it on in the third, fourth, and fifth and really showed some grit, and that's what Darius is known for, fighting down on the mouthpiece. He throws some caution to the wind. He doesn't mind getting hit, and I'm like, man, he's, you know, Darius has been around a while. Gamrot is is a younger fighter, a little bit younger than Darius. I think Gamrot can get it done. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I mean, he's he's looked good in his last couple of fights. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't hate the pick. I like Darius here. I, I like his experience in the octagon, um, and like. I feel like Gamrot is the type of guy that takes chances. And like you said, his last win, it was the main event of a fight night. So uh, he had he had the stamina to go to five rounds. But like you said, he, he lost those first two rounds. And in a, in a three-round fight, you can't afford to come out slow. I think Dariush is a guy that can take advantage of somebody coming out slow. So I love Dariush in this spot at plus 160. Uh, if this is a five-round fight, I might feel a little bit differently about it. But uh, yeah, I think I think Gamrot's a, a, a type of guy that he's very highly skilled. He's a young younger guy, and he he tends to kind of take his time a little bit. And with a crafty veteran like Dariush, who can go out there and knows how to win on points, can steal the first round. And then if Gamrot doesn't put it on by the second round, he can go out there and steal the second round. And then all he has to do is survive the third round. I mean, you see it all the time. UFC veterans fighting these young guys. Young guys, cut, they, they think they're so much better. And a lot of times they are better skilled and they're the better fighter. And they think they can get away with starting out slow, fiddle them out. And then they give up one round and they give up two rounds. Then all of a sudden you go into the third round down two nothing. And it's knockout or bust, submission or bust. And when you're going against a crafty veteran, they know how to avoid those. Uh, avoid putting themselves in a bad situation 
Um, I, I think I think Dariush can go out there and steal this one, basically. So yeah, I like I like Dariush plus one sixty here. Yeah, and and I mean in the previous fights before uh, the decision over Tarsuki, and he beat Carlos Diego Ferreira. Knockout in the second round. He beat Jeremy yeah. Stevens in the first, submitted him, and then he beat Scott Holden. Yeah, that, that Jeremy Stevens, I mean, yeah, I mean, it didn't even look like they belonged in the same ring. But even the Fiat fight, if I'm if I'm if I'm thinking of the correct fight, he gave up that first round and then came in the second round, had him felt out, and I think he like outstruck Fiat in that second round before he knocked him out. Like thirty-five to two or something like that. Like yeah, Barry and the kids. So, like I said, I mean, he is well. I mean, he he's he's confident enough in his ability to give a little bit up. But I I just think Dariush is like good enough to where if you give him if you give him a little bit, he'll take everything he's got, and then he can take you to the finish line and instill a decision victory is and so that's why i like him at the plus 160 but no i i do agree i mean i think gamrot is the the better fighter but you, you got gamrot by decision here at plus 126. i i think if this goes to decision it's dariush in my opinion yeah yeah i mean it very well could be i mean it's a I, I i i mean in reality i think this one should be a little tighter too i don't think Gamrot yeah. minus 190 favorite i i mean maybe it'll probably tighten down 50. though but, yeah, I think this will tighten down. Oh, for but, sure. But I mean, I, I do think Gamrot's the better fighter. I think he's the more skilled fighter. And like I said, I mean, I, I just I just think Dariush is just one of those guys who's who's just very very good at making people come basically fight at his level. So we'll see. Um, but I, I love Dariush in this fight, and I've I've been on dogs all day, and I'm gonna be on dogs all day Saturday. So uh, <laughs> ho- hopefully, they, hopefully they stay barking, boy. Uh, moving on, getting in, getting into the bread and butter of it all. We have Piotr Jan, three and two in his last five, with a dominating loss against Aljamain Sterling in a disqualification knee to the head then he came back and won against uh who did he was it Dillashaw that he beat uh no he beat Sandhagen Sandhagen yeah he beat Corey Sandhagen and then lost in a very Algerman kind of whooped his ass yeah he did yeah he schooled him he schooled him big time but Piotr Jan looked like he was pretty much untouchable in the division for a very long time Got the knee to the head, lost his belt, um, came back, beat Sanhagen pretty soundly, and you're like, oh my goodness, like Algermain might die in the rematch. And Algermain just came out and whooped his ass. But coming off of probably the worst losses of his career, if not, like, it, what's his record? Do you know off the top of your head? 16 uh, 3. Yeah. 16 3. So two of his losses. Are in his last three fights with one of them being a disqualification and the other one yeah so it's far and away the worst loss of his career fighting minus 270 favorite against the sugar show sean o'malley plus 220. i mean is it fair to call sean o'malley at this point a phenom i mean he's 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 so good i mean everybody everybody that's around him is like it's crazy that this guy just 
picked up MMA at, what was it, 20 years old? And yeah. they talk about his jiu-jitsu that you never see in the octagon, about mm. how good it is. One of the best strikers we've seen in the UFC in a long time. <coughs> um, technical guy, very smooth. But then you look at his loss against... Um, Cheeto. Cheeto Vera. And yeah, he technically broke his leg, but he didn't look great in that fight either. No, he didn't. But that's that's then, fighting that's fighting Cheeto Vera. I mean Cheeto I mean you look at Cheeto at right the time, now. I mean Cheeto's been on a rocket ship since that fight. But at the time, I mean he Cheeto was what, sixteen in the weight class? I mean he I mean obviously yeah. he, he's much better than that. I mean, and since then, I mean he like I said, he's taken off like a rocket ship uh, but but still i mean he didn't look great and at the time he was considered to be standard composition for o'malley and maybe his trajectory at the time was a lot higher than o'malley's ceiling at the time was but and then his last fight the no contest against uh well, he had the ipoke versus uh, pedro the, munoz was that pedro munoz that last fight yes sir yes the sir yeah yeah i mean so I mean, he looked he looked good that fight, but I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just think about the Sugar Show, and you maybe, maybe sometimes it's just like you kind of expect more, and you forget how young he is, and that he's. I mean, he's still like a, it's still just a young kid learning MMA, but I didn't yeah, think. And, he and, and to be honest, you know, for the eye poke. I mean, he was going to win the fight. Yeah, well, it would have been interesting to see. Um, you know, Pedro did land a couple leg kicks in that fight. Um, yeah. You know, and, and he That's was able to get up in close and, and land some of those. He a good job of protecting his legs. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, Pedro really got in there, got within the arms wreath, phone booth, you know, kind of dirty box and made it a little dirty. But, I mean, in reality, Sean O'Malley was winning that, that first round. Um, you know, was really and, just starting to take off on him. And even when you even when you look at the the fight and you see the eye poke, it's like you've seen a lot worse go ahead and finish. So it's like was Munoz like yeah, Munoz has never been finished, has he? Right? Is 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 that still true? I believe so. So I mean it one of those things was like does he worry more about his reputation of not being finished that he would, because the IPO didn't look that bad. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't because I one of those things where sometimes you can see it, a, a finger go like well deep into the eye. But if you close your eye at the right time, all it's going to do is like blister up and get all red. But like, if they catch you perfectly with that, like without you blinking in time, they can like cut your eye. I mean, it, it's much, much worse that way. So, Sometimes right. little eye poke that doesn't look bad can be much worse than it looks like. And sometimes the what looks really, really bad isn't that bad. So maybe right. it was legit. I don't know. But, I mean, it looked a little questionable to say the least. There, There's a little thing here with Sean O'Malley that, that people are starting to talk about. You cannot make the lights bright enough for him. You cannot make the arena loud enough for him. The more it goes, it's like Pie Pie eating another can of spinach. He just thrives 
more and more and more and more and more. Now, his level of competition has not been what Peter Young's has been. And Peter Young can box his ass off. And so it's going to be really interesting to see O'Malley navigate his reach and use his length to his advantage against Piotr who can get yeah. in up type. And I mean, he beat Corey Sandhagen. Corey Sandhagen is Sean O'Malley long. So, I mean, he knows yeah, how to get in there win. and close the distance look, and do that. So it's going to be look at, the, look at the height between these two guys. We have Piotr Jan at 5'7". We have Sean O'Malley at 5'11". Uh, you have 67 inches of reach for Piotr Jan. You have 72 reach for Sean O'Malley. I mean, he, Sean O'Malley is like what Conor McGregor was in the featherweight class, whatever. But he doesn't. He doesn't have to cut the weight that uh, right, McGregor right, had. To yeah. cut. But McGregor was just so much bigger than everybody in that class. Whenever he was coming <laughs> yeah, up, like. He was. He, yeah, I mean, he, he, he looked like a, a grown man, like fighting children. Um, and Sean O'Malley's kind of like that, but Sean O'Malley's just naturally light. Where Conor McGregor would have to cut down to skin and bone. Like, I, th- I think I think O'Malley's actually fighting pretty close to uh, a nor- not a normal weight because I guarantee you probably walks around close to one fifty. But I mean, um, I'm easy. Piotr, I would say I'm, 150, I'm, easy. I'm, I'm sure Piotr Jan walks around 145, 152. So I mean, it's yeah, it's not too crazy of a cut for him. Like when when McGregor was fighting at 135, he probably weighed 170. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, is, this, this fight. Again, I'm 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 really biggest, interested to see how O'Malley's gonna go about it. I don't see him knocking Piotr out by no means. Piotr's tough as nails, man. Just a Russian dog. Yeah. I don't see and I don't see O'Malley getting knocked out either. You know, uh, I mean, unless Piotr were to utilize his wrestling and take him down and, and hit, you know, some ground and pound. But I mean, O'Malley. He he praises and, and talks about how good his jiu-jitsu is. I mean, how crazy or how awesome would it be to see a Sean O'Malley wrap Piotr up in a triangle choke and leave him on the canvas? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, what Patty the Betty did last time uh, in the rear naked choke where everybody, I mean, Patty the Batty was, what, what was he like, plus like 1,100 to win by... Uh, submission and he there was like negative odds to win by knockout and, it, and he just goes out there and chokes him out and he was like yeah you ask anybody that's in the in the gym with me and my my jujitsu is almost better than my striking but i've never oh, had yeah. to use it and that i mean that's the same kind of stuff we're hearing about sean o'malley it's like yeah he doesn't show his jujitsu in the octagon but if you're in the gym with him, it's like, it's unreal how like natural of a, a grappler he is that he, he moves in a way that it's just like he was born to be a grappler almost is like what they say. Yeah. I mean, got the long old limbs that, that he can definitely use that to his advantage whenever he's locking up submissions. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. He almost has a Nate Diaz esque type of vibe to it. Cause I don't see Sean O'Malley getting in there and taking Pewter down with a single leg. That's not going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's gonna he's gonna hit him, rock him. Piotr falls on the ground. He gets on top of him, and then we might be able to see some of that jujitsu. Yeah. But other than that, this is gonna be a stand up fight. Uh, as old yep. Jim Ross would say, it's gonna be a slobber knocker. Uh, yeah, these dudes yep. are gonna stand up and just throw leather for three rounds, and I, I think O'Malley I, takes I, it by decision for sure. I, I I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried about O'Malley and the fact that. It just seems like every time he's about to get to the point, something happens, and I don't know. I mean, I love O'Malley. I, I, I picked him in this fight plus plus two twenty. I think his talent's just too good. But I mean, Pierre Dion is one of the best to ever do it. He's one of the greatest of all time, Hall of Fame type guy. Uh, he still might be the best in that division even after his loss to Algerman. So, I mean, this is by far the biggest test Sean O'Malley's ever faced. Um, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping we see a hell of a fight, and I'm I'm taking this because he's the dog, and he's he's the young kid, the new kid on the block, and he he needs this win. So I'm, I'm taking the kid. I'm taking the plus two twenty, but I'm just hoping for a good fight. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a no contest here. I definitely don't want to see a disqualification or I yeah. don't want to see bullshit. I just want to see a damn good fight. Like if this isn't a damn good fight, I'm going to be so disappointed. It's going to hurt. Yeah, it'll hurt. Yeah. And O'Malley, I mean, to, to me, you, you know, you mentioned the word earlier phenom. If he were to beat Piotr Jan and I'm talking, if he were to beat him single-handedly and just piece him up like he did Moitino and just, yeah puts it on him but, oh know, dude strap a rocket it. to his ass because he's blowing through the stratosphere dude that dude is gonna go super sane it's gonna be wild and then sean o'malley may get the respect on his name that he's actually looking for because he'll actually have somebody reputable on his resume so last last fight after after the minos fight i i was talking to a lot of people that not a lot of people. I mean, I have maybe four or five friends that follow UFC to the level I do. Um, in my opinion, I thought Sean O'Malley was at least, at minimum, two years away for from a fight like this. And in my estimation, I always said like late 2024, early 2025 is it will be Sean O'Malley's title title shot i was like four four more fights until he gets to a title i was like that that's the perfect trajectory for his career that'll that'll put him one in the belt i think at 27 years old if 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 i remember correctly i think he's 24 don't quote me on that but i was like that that puts that puts him with a chance of the belt at 27 if he wins this fight he's the number one contender in the division bar none yeah, and, and Dana's already said that whoever wins this fight, or yeah, I think he said whoever wins this fight is getting a title shot. I I believe. Um, I don't think Yon. I think Cheeto Vera will get the title shot before Yon. Might be right. Hey, and you know what? I'd like to see Cheeto and Sean if, go if at Jan, it again for the title shot. If 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 Piotr Yon wins, I think Cheeto's next in line. Wins Dana White. As, as good as Cheeto Vera is, Sean O'Malley is the moneymaker. He's the money machine. He will make the Al Sean O'Malley fight. And then 
if Algermain wins, it'll be Cheeto. If Algermain loses, if it's embarrassed, I don't know. Uh, maybe he doesn't give. I mean, Algermain hasn't been a great champion so far. He's he's been kind of a whiny little bitch. So maybe he doesn't give Algermain the the rematch, and he gives Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley immediately after the after that. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, I'm, Dana doesn't like champions that are whiny little bitches. That's proven fact <laughs> no yeah no he does not but i can tell you right now if you go ahead and allude to the next fight on the card here yeah. uh we're, we're here Bantam we got out the main sterling versus tj dillashaw and i can tell you right now tj dillashaw tj killashaw dillashaw if he wins that title back he gonna be there a while you think, you, think there so you, you think TJ saw you think Cheeto Vera or Sean O'Malley or Piotr Jan can't beat TJ? See, I think TJ Dillashaw can win this fight. I think TJ Dillashaw can dethrone Aljamain Sterling. So we'll, we'll break it down for you real quick, then get into it. Aljamain Sterling minus 175 favorite, TJ Dillashaw plus 150 underdog. Uh, the total of this fight is set at four and a half rounds, over four and a half at minus 200, under four and a half at 155. Aljamain Sterling's Five and zero in his last five. He had a disqualification win. He had a decision win. Had a submission win, and then two more decision wins. T.J. Dillashaw in his last five. He had the loss to Henry Cejudo, I believe. And then Correct. the other four. Uh, he had a decision win, two first round or a first round knockout, second round knockout, and a de- another decision win. And I hate Henry Cejudo and the fact that Henry Cejudo had a first round knockout against TJ Dillashaw is one of the travesties of MMA in the past 10 years. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I was not a fan of him cutting down to 125. Um, and, you know, it alluded to the EPO use and Al Jermaine has been all week, you know, saying, you know, Dillashaw's on this and Dillashaw's on that. Uh, let, let us remind you, this is the third time T.J. Dillashaw is coming to claim his belt back. He has paid his dues for the EPO usage, but at 135, T.J. Dillashaw was damn near untouchable. His two losses in Bantamweight are to, or three losses, excuse me, is to Rafael Sunsal, which was way back in the day, uh, he lost it. Oh, I take that back. He lost to John Dodson in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Then he lost to Rafael Sunsal. Then after that, he lost to Dominic Cruz. Ever heard of him? And then he lost to uh, Henry. That's his losses. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, he has dominated the bantamweight division forever. I still can't believe he lost in thirty seconds. So yeah. And- and, and, and well, and if I remember correctly, I don't remember who the referee was on that. I think it was her. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> that fight, and I had one of my biggest bets of my life on TJ Dillashaw, and I waited all day. I mean, I I'd already cashed the ticket, and thirty seconds in, and he loses that fight. But yeah, I mean. Algermain, I mean, if, if he can't if he can't grapple with TJ Dillashaw here, he's in trouble early. And I, I think Dillashaw takes it to him. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think Dillashaw's way more craftier on the feet, being under the the tutelage of Dwayne Dwayne Ludwig. Um, you know, Dwayne is just a, a monster at the stand up game. Uh, I think that he's going to have a perfect game plan to, you know, nullify anything that Algermain's going to try to do. You know, Algermain, yeah, he's got that submission in round one against Corey Sandahagen. He ran over there, jumped on his back, and wrapped him up in a rear naked, and that was the end of it. And then, you know, he's had the last two with Piotr. First fight looked absolutely awful. Last fight. Last fight looked looked like a champion. I mean, I will be honest. He looked like a champion. He beat yeah. Peter Yawn handedly. He made he made Peter Yawn. I mean, complete one eighty from the first fight. That was probably his best performance. Oh, hands down, hands part. down. Yeah, hands yeah. down. I, I mean, I bet on Algermain in the first fight and I won my disqualification. I felt dirty wouldn't cash in that ticket, but if Vegas is going to give me money. I don't care if it's a sketchy win. And then oh, I the unloaded. I unloaded on Peter Yon in the second fight and get crushed. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the Sandhagen win. I wasn't too impressed with the Munoz win. The Rivera win was it was pretty solid. But and then he had the DQ versus Piotr Yon, and then he he beat uh, Yon pretty soundly. And that was a split decision. Uh, I for, I forgot that was a split decision because. I thought he won that pretty handily in the second fight. Um, yeah, if I if I remember correctly, I think Piotr won the first and third, and then and then Algermain dominated the fourth and fifth. I think the fifth or the fourth round. I mean, I think he threw him down a couple of times. I mean, he really made Peter look subpar in that fight. And, and, and you know, uh, alluding back to TJ, uh, you know, he TJ can wrestle his ass off too, and I think that's going to nullify the jiu-jitsu that Aljamain is just like yeah I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna backpack him or I'm gonna do this and I, I think that TJ is way too smart for that he's way too savvy to get caught up in that in that type of game and it Aljamain's got his hands full for sure I mean TJ TJ has been a problem at this weight class for a very long time and TJ's coming back and mind you TJ's 36 man I mean this is yeah, this is this, one of the few times that we're going to be see TJ doing the damn thing before he calls it quits. And the thing is, also, you know, he won in a decision against Corey Sandhagen. It messed his knee up, and I think his shoulder as well. I think I know he had surgery on his knee, um, so he's coming back from an injury. But I mean, you see him, you see his training videos. If you follow him on Instagram, like I do, I mean, dude, dude's bodied up, trained, training like a animal. And Aljamain looks good too. But I just think TJ is going to be way too much for Aljamain to handle. And uh, honestly, that under four and a half rounds right there, I like that. I like that That's a lot. Pretty good value there. If you, yeah, uh, yeah, I like TJ Dillashaw here. Um, I think he can win in decision. That's the main reason why I'm not jumping on the under. You got KO here, so um, you, you get TJ Dillashaw by knockout. So if you're taking TJ Dillashaw by knockout, you might as well take the under too because then for some reason if TJ Dillashaw doesn't knock him out, you still have the chance of Algermain uh, getting a getting a submission or something on him and, and still catching that ticket. So Nothing may, would make me, nothing would make me happier than to see TJ Dillashaw do what Leon Edwards did to Usman. I had bet on the under 4.75 rounds on prize picks for Leon to win. Uh, no free up. 
for the under under uh, time, and then Leon ends it at four and a half, and I cashed in on that. And I would love to see TJ do the same to Aljermaine. Just yeah, set him up with a, set him up and hit him with a head I kick. And I completely forgot that. Right now. That, that just completely slipped my mind. Leon Edwards is the ch- uh, yeah. Uh, after uh, that just took me back right there. I, I mean, sometimes you just forget about things like that, and yeah, that was one of those things where I, that was just erasing my memory, and then it was just like, oh yeah, Leon Edwards is the champion right now. Yeah, he <laughs> is. <laughs> All right, moving on. I got a little beef with this fight, but we'll get started with it right now. Islam Makachev at minus 190 favorite. Charles Oliveira at plus 160. Over under on this is set at two and a half rounds. Uh, over two and a half rounds at plus 130. Under two and a half rounds at minus 165. Let me get this started right here, okay? Talk about one of the most disrespected champions of all time. One of the all-time greats. If you talk about greatest of all time in the UFC, you cannot have the conversation without Charles Oliveira in it. And the fact that the UFC stripped this man of his title off of half a pound when they let people fight all the time. All the time. Giving or giving a half pound. The fact that they stripped this man of his title is absolutely bananas. And on top of that, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has faced the best of the best in the division and one of the most stacked divisions. And all he does is keep winning, man. He he, he wins by submission. He wins by knockout. He wins by decision. No matter what, this man gets it done. This is one of the most underrated disrespected man in the sport and he is on the goat level when it comes to ufc champions i think charles Oliveira is so freaking disrespected in the sport of maybe maybe not for people that actually follow but maybe maybe i just have too many casual fans in my life i don't know what it is but charles Oliveira is one of the all-time greats and he doesn't get the respect he deserves He's coming into this fight beating the best of the best in one of the most stacked divisions in UFC history, beating everybody in his path, never ducking anybody, never dodging anybody, and just keeps winning and winning easily. And always, anytime the man looks like he's in trouble, he comes out ahead. He's got the power. He's got the grappling. He, he's got everything you want in a champion. He's got the all-American smile, even though he's from Brazil. Like, he's got everything you want in a champion and doesn't get the love. He doesn't get the respect. He doesn't get the praise he deserves. And he comes into this fight against Islam Makachev, who's the up-and-comer. He's he's been crowned the champion for the past two years. I mean, it's just a matter of time before he takes the belt. It's just a matter of time. So disrespected. Give me Charles Oliveira. This is... I'm, I'm putting two units on this fight. I love Charles Oliveira in this fight, plus 160. Don't give a fuck. Charles Oliveira is a monster in the ring, and he's he's my favorite fighter in the UFC right now, and I'm getting him at plus 160. The, we're, we're talking about a man at the top of his game who's gone through a gauntlet, like I said, never dodges anybody. You, you name somebody, you you name who's who in that division, and he's beat them. 
I mean, give me Charles Oliveira here. I mean, what? Am I wrong here? Am I am I off base here? No, no, you're not. Um, you know, and and, and let's be honest here. Uh, Islam Islam Ahachev is, you know, Khabib 2.0. Okay, that's what he is. That, that's what they're painting him out to be. But let's be honest. He's Islam is kind of in the same boat as O'Malley. Yeah, he has looked amazing in his fights, but his resume just does not stack up to his what, opponent. Is that his best win, Dan Hooker. His, uh, yeah, yeah, Dan Hooker's submission round one, and then he's got the KO over Bobby Green round one. You know, and not not to disrespect to Bobby Green. You know, that was a short notice fight, but the yeah. submission in round one over Dan Hooker was very impressive. I will say that. But out of all of that, that's his most notable win. Charles Oliveira, just going here off of this list. His you last, want to talk about his last five fights, he's 5-0. and oh. He wins a submission in the third round right at the break of COVID-19 in Brazil that canceled the attendance uh, from the audience two hours before the event started. He submits Kevin Lee when Kevin Lee was Kevin Lee in 2020. Then he wins a decision in handedly against tony ferguson and at the time nobody wanted to fight tony ferguson and that was everybody was tony ferguson yeah nobody wanted to fight him and and so he signed up to fight him then he comes out and fights michael chandler who right now is my he's michael chandler is probably my favorite fighter right now this was was michael chandler coming over from bellator he had that he had his that first fight I forgot who he fought that first Dan fight. Dan Hooker knocked him out in the first Dan round. Dan Hooker knocked him out, and nobody wanted to take that fight against Chandler. Oliveira took the fight. Oliveira and, got pieced up in the first round and yes, came back. Did. And to me, should have been I stopped. Bet, I bet on Chandler in that fight. I bet yeah. on Chandler in that fight. I love Michael Chandler. He's he's one of my favorite fighters. That that fight is what made me a Charles Oliveira fan. Yes. Okay? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, and Gaethje alluded to it a lot before their 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 fight. Oh, oh he's got quitting him. I'm gonna make him quit. I'm gonna make him. Quit. I'm gonna tell you what, Michael Chan or Michael Chandler put it on Oliveira in that first round. I think the fight honestly should have been stopped, but it was I not. It, I, mean, I bet on I bet on Chandler. I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I don't think yeah. he I thought he had it done in the he, first round, he, and he, he did enough. He did enough to to not get it stopped because, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think that was a. Um, uh, Herb Dean fight, and Herb Dean is notorious for stopping it early. So if, if Herb Dean doesn't stop it, you're doing something to to show life, and he was doing that, and he survived. Yeah. And I don't know how many people can survive a Michael Chandler onslaught like that. And Not many. Then he, Not he, many he comes out, and he comes he comes back to knock him out, and yeah. then Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier was another guy on top of his game. I mean, coming off the back or coming off the McGregor win. I mean, Poirier looked so good underdog in that let's fight. Be on, let's be honest here. Whenever Charles Oliveira was claimed champion, whenever he beat Michael Chandler, everybody in the community was still saying that Dustin Poirier was the uncrowned champion. Dustin yeah. Poirier was on a tear. Yeah. Even even losing to the Khabib fight, he still once he lost that, he still was fighting and still was winning. He was making people look silly. Then he gets in there with Oliveira, and Oliveira chokes him out in the third round via rear naked choke, the same way Khabib did. Yeah, and that crazy. I mean, and then he, comes he, in. He looked just fine. 
Yeah, Boston and then comes in career. in his last fight against Justin Gaethje, who is the train wreck express, hits harder than a Mack truck, and says he's going to knock out Oliveira. Ends up rocking him on his back. He stands up and then comes back and hits Justin Gaethje with his own combo and ends up damn near knocking Gaethje out and then subs him. And Justin Gaethje to this day says, I have never been hit that hard in my life. And and this is now, don't Justin tell me that Charles Oliveira has quit in him and that he's not that guy. He's bringing that favela fire from Brazil and he's bringing the heat. And I think he's going to put it on Islam. I think that his stand-up is going to be better than Islam's. And if Islam tries to take him down and, and in, in wrestling, off the charts. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and try to sit around in Charles Oliveira's guard. Have fun yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean the disrespect of Charles Oliveira being a plus one sixty underdog in this fight is outrageous. Like. I, I already went on my already went on my already went on my rant about it, and maybe maybe Makachev or uh, I think it's Makachev. Anyway, maybe he is that guy. Maybe he is the guy to to take it from him. But I mean, all we all we've heard about in the last five fights with Oliveira is like, oh, he he's not this, he's not that, he can't do this, he can't do that, and all he does is just run through the gauntlet of the lightweight division. I mean, I don't think anybody in the history of UFC has as impressive of a win streak as he has right now compared to the guys he fought when he fought them. Um, right. Mainly because you rarely see it because you don't ever see a division as highly competitive as the lightweight division is so a lot of the times like you, you, I we talked about it earlier with uh, Anderson Silva or with John Jones like a lot of their a lot of their run was just lack of competition like nobody could stand up to them you look at this lightweight class and it's like one after another killer after killer like anybody anybody could beat anybody at any given night and Oliveira just consistently comes out ahead of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oliveira is you you said it best is highly disrespected in this division. And I think I think Charles is gonna get it done. I think he's gonna get it done. I, and he's gonna so, do it man. right in front of Khabib and just say, you know what, Abu Dhabi, it's been fun and it's been real, but I'm defending my title down in Brazil against Alexander Volkanovsky next. And that's just the way it's going to be. You think Volkanovski gets the the next fight after this? I'm almost for certain for sure that Volkanovski is getting the next lightweight title shot. And Charles Oliveira said in the interview this week. Yes. So Oliveira said this week that if Volkanovski comes to Brazil and fights him there in Rio that he would cut down to 145 and fight him in Sydney at 145. So they fight at... So that... And Oliveira used to fight at featherweight. But can you imagine how much bigger Oliveira would be against Volkanovski at featherweight? Yeah, I mean, Oliveira's 5'10 with 74-inch reach. I mean, Volkanovski is what? 5'10? 
six maybe on five, a good five. day on a good day but i'll tell you what former rugby player dude used to walk around at 220 i mean you can look at the pictures yeah. dude used to be thick but i mean he he hey he beat max i i mean you can't the dude's good i mean he's called alexander the oh, great dude. for a reason yeah i mean i love alexander Volkanovsky. i mean i think that would be an incredible fight and i mean i i would almost rather see charles Oliveira go up than down honestly um yeah he would pose some problems at at at, uh welterweight for sure like i don't know i don't know i mean usman might be too much for him but i mean i think he can give leon edwards every i mean i think he could beat leon edwards for the belt i mean if and if he fights a guy like gilbert burns or kamaro i mean maybe not just because i think they'd just be too strong for him but if he fight, I mean, if he goes in there and fights a guy like Leon Edwards that doesn't have the strength that Usman or Burns has, I mean, I think he can, I think he can go up. And I mean, I, I think he could be top three going up to welterweight. Like, I think he could take Luke. I think he'd take uh, Wonder Boy. I think he'd take Edwards. I think Colby Covington would even be a great fight, even though I hate Colby Covington. Like, I think Covington, I think Covington is the greatest welterweight in that. He's the greatest welterweight in that division, not named Kamaru Usman. That's my. I agree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think that's a hot take. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty much accepted throughout. Um, yeah. But yeah, but Charles Oliveira, man, I, I'm so excited for that fight. Like I said, he's my favorite fighter in the UFC right now, and Islam is just Islam's been crowned for three years now, and it's one of those things where I usually like up and comers. I usually I usually love the storyline. But I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot to impress me, and I'm not—I'm not even one of those guys. It's like I—I oh, I can't stand people that—that that just like uh, basically constrict you out of a, a win. Like I wasn't—I wasn't a big hater on uh, Habib for the most part, other than his competition. I mean, Habib's Habib's undefeated record is one of the most empty like records of all time i mean 21 and 0 but i mean he beat a conor an uninterested conor mcgregor and outside of that i mean a dustin poirier that yeah i mean it's dustin poirier but i mean he 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 never ran through the gauntlet like charles Oliveira did i mean i I think Oliveira's resume is far and away better than khabib even though he's he has eight losses on his career like I, w- I would say in the lightweight division, as far as strength of schedule goes, it would be <clears throat> Oliveira, it would be Poirier. Then Chandler Keith, already had Chandler's, Chandler's resume is already outrageous. Too, but the, but then you always for, uh, a lot of people now are forgetting about Tony Ferguson because he's fallen on hard times. But that yeah, dude I mean, had Tony a twelve and zero streak. And yeah, he had a twelve and zero streak, but a lot of his. But as soon as as soon as he stepped up to the big boy competition, I mean, he started taking a bunch a lot. But I mean, he he never ducked anybody though. People were ducking him for the longest time, and he never ducked exactly. anybody. Exactly. Yeah, so. Tony got stuck in that Leon Edwards whirlpool of like, hey, I deserve a title shot four fights ago, but I'm gonna keep fighting. And then by the time he started getting the fight, well, by the time people started taking his fights, he got old. Yep. Father hey. Time said, "Hey, man, it's it's time." Bring you and your goofy yeah. orange hair, and let's go try something else. Yeah, that that Michael Chandler fight was just sad because I mean, imagine if that fight happened three years ago, and 
Michael Chandler still at Bellator running the world over there and Tony Ferguson doing his thing in the UFC. If if Chandler would have been in the UFC and Ferguson was still doing his thing, like that that was like fight of that could have been like fight of the millennium type type. I, fight. I will say this. I think I think Ferguson won that first round too. Yeah, I mean, he looked, Chandler yeah. made Chandler made the adjustment and Booyaka and that was it. But yeah, yeah I mean you know, but yeah, back to the main event here. Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah. I mean you have uh oh good lord, what's his name? King aka you got uh Josh Thompson, former UFC fighter. Uh he's one of uh Islam's training partners and he just talks about how just levels above Islam is you know and it's it, I'm I'm really curious to see it because you do, Islam finally has a guy a formidable opponent to where you can maybe see all those tools get pulled out of the toolbox and I'm really yeah. excited to see that um but I think Charles is gonna be too much I, I think Charles is gonna Charles thrive is, and that's gonna Charles be is one of those guys that you rarely see that his his grapple and his jiu-jitsu it's proven on in the octagon and then he he he'd obviously strike with anybody and for some reason he he doesn't get the respect he deserves like i i i i don't understand it one bit and but i mean he he's an incredible grappler i mean he's he's one of the best jiu-jitsu artists probably in the world he can strike with anybody well, yeah, there's always a reason why he can't get it done. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I, I like Oliveira, and I and like I said, inside the distance for Oliveira for me. I don't know if he knocks him out. He he claimed in a press conference he was going to choke him out in the second round. I mean, so. the, the total the total two and a half rounds. I mean, Vegas thinks this thing's ended early. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. And I looked at it before the fight, and uh, I looked at it earlier, and I think I think inside the distance is gonna be about the same as just straight up Oliveira. I mean, I think I saw plus one seventy inside the distance, and he's a he's a plus one sixty underdog. So I mean, I, I think Vegas thinks if Oliveira wins, it's it's gonna be inside the distance. So I mean, I, I don't think the odds are that much different. Is why I took just Oliveira straight up instead of inside the distance, but. Yeah, I think he wins. Yeah, and and to be honest, uh, this line is probably going to grow. I think it's going to grow larger towards the fight. Makachev is. I think Oliveira may end up coming in at like a plus one eighty. Two ten. Yeah. I think I think think he'll get up to the plus two hundreds because, I mean, the casuals that I know that just kind of watch MMA. That have just heard about Makachev forever, and like, all they hear about is why Oliveira shouldn't have won his last fight, or why he won't win his next fight. And usually, the casuals are what drive the lines, the biggest lines, up until the day of the fights. So the day of the fights, the sharp money comes in, and they'll get the they'll get the lines back to where they should be. But you get this line on Friday, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, first thing in the morning on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if you get Charles Oliveira at plus 205, plus 210, plus 215. And then right before the main event starts, like it's probably going to be around, I think it's five o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's back to Charles Oliveira plus 160, if not even lower than plus 160. I think we could see that crazy of a line movement 
of yeah. dumb public money coming in on Makachev and then all the sharp money coming in Oliveira the day of and driving that line down to 150, mm-hmm. 140 range. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm super excited for it. I, I oh man, a couple more sleeps and we're there. I'm so pumped. A couple more sleeps, yeah. Uh, we'll be on the Twitter. Uh, we might do a Twitter space or something after. We'll we'll, we'll get some something figured out. Uh, get some content out there. So let us know uh, what you think. If if you have any questions, if if you, if you have any fills, let us know. And um, yeah, biggest UFC card of this decade i would say um and definitely the biggest part of the year so make sure make sure if, you, if you're looking to get in the ufc if you've never gotten to ufc i mean this this is the one so hop in have a good time you're gonna love it great fight start to finish undercard is fantastic pay-per-view is fantastic you have some of the best young up-and-coming stars and some of the best current champions in the world right now so absolutely stack ufc 280 so can't wait thank you so much for coming on we gotta do it again uh maybe make this a monthly thing and we'll try to figure out our our video and everything uh for the future youtube audience but appreciate everybody for listening and thank you again miles we gotta keep it going dude Yes, sir. Absolutely. Everybody tune in to 280, man. It's going to be a good one. And I appreciate y'all having me on. Yes, sir.